0: What's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode four of the let's go show where we talk about all of the awesome things going on in the world of entertainment film shows gaming everything going on in pop culture. I am your host Matt Soup's Ramos and today we have a very fun show ahead. It's our first episode of 2023. Thank you for joining us once again and I'm looking forward to an epic year as we're going we're going to be getting fed so much content from, you know, different movies coming out to different streaming movies coming out to different streaming shows coming out, so much content. I can't wait. What a freaking year it's going to be. On the podcast joining me today, we have my boy, Editor Geo once again. What is up, bro? I'm back. I keep making it back in the cut. I don't know how I keep getting here, dog. I'm here. I'm here. Welcome back, G. It's it's always a pleasure to have you. And today we have a ton of awesome things to talk about, guys. We're going to be talking about some DC news because this month, James Gunn and Peter Safran are finally going to give us a taste of what they've been cooking and what the future of the DCU that they have planned is going to look like. So this week, a variety article came out just kind of giving us a, a bit some details about the, what the future of DC is going to look like. Obviously, we know Henry Cavill isn't coming back as Superman. We know The Rock isn't coming back as Black Adam. Uh, we know, Gal Gad- uh, according to this, to this Variety article, Gal Gadot will not be coming back as Wonder Woman. And then James Gunn kind of came out and and gave provided us his own answers and as of right now guys the only person we can really trust is James Gunn that's that's the only person I'm listening to because James Gunn has a track record of debunking so many different articles and outlets and journalists that at this point I feel like us as DC fans we truly don't know unless it's coming from the man himself which is James Gunn and he came out and he said that it within his first three years of the DCU we are going to get Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is involved within the first three years of the DCU which I feel like that's a no-brainer. Wonder Woman is one of the greatest characters of all time. She's one of DC's biggest characters. Another thing that James Gunn said was that in the Variety or in the Variety article it mentioned that James Gunn's slate was only three years long and then James Gunn came out and said no the slate that Peter and I have cooked up it goes for eight to ten years. So Eight they have to that- ten
1: years, Matt?
0: Bro. The guy just
1: became the head of DC. That doesn't even make sense to me.
0: They're cooking. That's all I can say, bro. They're cooking. James Gunn and Peter Safran are cooking. And this month we're going to be getting a little taste and they're going to be announcing a few of those projects, a part of that DCU slate. And we know a new Superman movie. That's why I'm wearing the Superman cap today. I love Superman so much. I'm drinking out of a little Superman cup. Um, we know the the new Superman movie that James Gunn has been writing is probably going to be a part of that, and I imagine that'll probably be the movie that kicks off the the new DCU for James Gunn and Peter Safran. So Peter Safran, um, but amongst those, I guess new projects that are coming out, Gio, I wanted to ask you, bro, what do you think DC could possibly announce? Because b- and before you answer this, I want to make this very clear too: is that Amongst the announcements that are coming, James Gunn cannot announce anything related to Aquaman, The Flash, Shazam, or Blue Beetle. Because those movies are still coming out this year and technically those movies are still part of the old.
1: So he's like not allowed to even talk about those characters? I guess it makes sense because then it would mess up the box office revenue of those movies if he talks about them.
0: Exactly. Like if he comes out and announces, you know, we're doing a new Aquaman movie coming out in like five years and we're recasting Jason Momoa that is going to affect the box office of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. If they come that out and makes announce- sense. That makes a lot of sense. If they come out and announce a brand new Flash and they're recasting Ezra Miller, um, that is definitely going to affect the box office of the Flash movie, which they need to perform. Warner Brothers isn't backing down from the Flash movie, bro. There's been some reports saying that Warner Brothers hasn't been this enthusiastic for a superhero movie since the Dark Knight trilogy, which is pretty crazy to say considering the Batman came out last year. But it seems like Warner Brothers is going all in on the Flash they purchased a, a Super Bowl spot for The Flash, and that's where they're going to be dropping a trailer. You know, Shazam 2 is coming out in t- le- in two and a half months. Zero marketing for Shazam. But Warner, Bros- Warner Brothers is putting all their chips down on The Flash. And uh, I'll be honest, Matt. When,
1: when the trailer first dropped, I was actually really excited for the movie. I was, like, really hyped when I seen Michael Keaton was in it and that they were doing some crazy multiverse shit. I thought it wasn't going to be... A bad film, I was excited for it. So I'm still excited to see what they did.
0: It's just after everything that happened with Urza. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know how to feel about it at that point. The Flash is is a movie that's gonna be very difficult for Warner Brothers to I guess just market, dude. I mean, there's so much has gone on with this movie behind the scenes that especially with the entire Ezra Miller situation. And you know, reports have come out that Ezra Miller is getting the help they they need. And that that's always a good thing for for, you know people that go through issues like that to get the help that they need, because a lot of
1: people work on that movie too. a lot of people work, you know, what I mean, why shouldn't they be able to see their their work in progress? Because, you know, the main star decided to just go on that kind of spree. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people put their heart, their blood, their sweat and tears into that film, like, think about all the editors, think about all the writers the directors. I mean, it's got, I mean, I I feel like it can't be bad. I feel like it's going to be really good, but the bittersweet part is there'll never be anything really after,
0: it sounds like to me. Yeah, no, they're, they're yeah. I mean, I I think that, decla- that declaration was made once they said Henry Cavill was not coming back as Superman. Now that Henry Cavill is coming back as Superman, I think they got to blow this whole thing up. And again, just to talk a little bit, a little bit more about that, uh, a little bit more about just about the Ezra Miller situation is that even though they're, I want to make this very clear, is that even though, It's, you know, uh, even though it's it's great that Ezra is getting the help they need in this Variety article, they kind of mentioned that some Warner Brothers executives are open to continuing to keep Ezra Miller around in the future. And I I don't agree with that decision at all. And uh, I think, yeah, I think Ezra Miller should not be playing the Flash anymore. He should not be playing this character. He should should not be playing a DC superhero. Um, It sounds to me
1: like it sounds to me, Matt, like a game of let's see how well the movie performs let's see if the audience wants to accept him again let's see, let's just see
0: how it goes that's kind of what nah. i think that's what they're going for. bro even if this is the greatest superhero movie of all time even even if it makes two billion dollars i still you know i still don't care you know we we as human beings we you know we have to be held accountable for atkins will smith uh, you know, slapped Chris Rock, and uh, I'm not justifying what Will Smith did. That's obviously a bad thing. It's always a bad thing to assault someone. But Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, and people have been terrorizing this man and, and everything he's done. He's, uh, you know, it, reports came out that he lost a few roles because of that Oscars fiasco. So Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, and he's been more affected than Ezra Miller has, which is pretty crazy to say. And Warner Brothers wasn't... What Wonder Brothers was Bro, never. I didn't just slap Chris Rock. That bo- my boy had a windup. He came all the
1: way back oh. here and came all the way across. That was like a WWE Smackdown smack.
0: He yanked that thing back. He yanked that thing back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Bro, you know what I'm saying? It was bad. like so, so, so. It's crazy how like Hollywood and just like the media has treated Will Smith harsher than they've treated Ezra Miller because. Like the, there's Warner Brothers executives that still see a future with him. And look, I get that you can't come out and publicly say Ezra Miller is fired; he doesn't have a future at Warner Brothers. I get that you can't publicly come out and say that. But to come out and say that there might be a future with Ezra that 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 isn't doing that is not like people are not going to react good to that. If, if I was a Warner Brothers executive, I you know I would know like how the public is going to react, and with everything that's gone on with Ezra Miller announcing that he still has a future as the flash when you just fired henry cabell two weeks ago is not going to go well with the general public let me ask you this man a little little touchy question but do you like
1: remember exactly like what he did because i just remember his name in the articles what stuff like like you ever you ever do that trend where you google search florida man Mm-hmm. On the news, and then it shows you the most wild shit. That's what it felt like I was doing. I was, it was like pulling up the weirdest articles. What what was he, what was going on with him again? What, what did
0: he do? Cause I, I honestly forgot. If I'm being honest, I, I try to kind of just stay, stay away from like diving deep into all of that and reveling in that. All, all you got to know is that they've gotten arrested multiple times and, uh, they've committed multiple felonies and they've gone to court for multiple different things. And, uh, now they're, Ezra is as receiving the help they, they need, but. Yeah, going back to our conversation, talking about what projects DC can potentially announce. I think we're going to see, uh, obviously, the Superman announcement. Superman is the heart of DC. He's their lead character. He's the leader. So I think you got to announce that new Superman movie, even though we already know it's coming. Um, I think they'll probably announce maybe a Green Arrow movie, a Green Arrow Black Canary. I would love to see that. Um, knowing James Gunn, I'm pretty sure he he probably is going to do something like Justice League Dark. Uh, or, uh, yeah, Justice League Dark, so Constantine, uh, you know, Swamp Thing, a couple of different characters in there. Gio, you have any ideas of what they could potentially announce? I think their main thing is probably to push out, like, the main front DC heroes. And then they're
1: going to, uh, knowing James Gunn, he always loves messing with heroes that nobody knows, right? So he's going to have that one hero that he announces, a DC project, and it's going to be this one mysterious film that's going to tie in really closely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I think he's definitely going to do something like that, but he's really going to gaslight. I think um, he's uh, like like the major Justice League, Superman. I know for sure he's probably going to gaslight Green Lantern because Green Lantern hasn't been touched in over what like almost twenty
0: years, bro. Bro, we need Green. Lan- we need a freaking Green Lantern update. Oh my gosh, it's about damn time. So yes, I think Green Lantern will be a part of those announcements, and and rightfully so, man. It's about, it's about damn time we get an update on Green Lantern. Nothing has happened with Green Lantern since freaking Ryan Reynolds back in the words in of Lizzo and
1: LeBron. It's about damn time. It's about the anymore. And Green Lantern is a fire superhero. I first learned about Green Lantern when I was playing that Mortal Kombat game that came out a long time ago, when you can be the Justice League characters. That's honestly for me that's where I first learned about Green Lantern and that's when I got into him and started watching all his shows and stuff. And Green Lantern's powers are freaking sick. And, and to to see him as a character just done right on film, I I think it's it's a shame that it's been so long that I think like the first movie wasn't even it was pretty bad, but not that that bad to where Let's just forget about this character completely. Let's never touch him again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know about that. I think he deserves another chance and they should definitely
0: announce that. I think that'll be fire. And the thing with Green Lantern is that there's so many different interpretations of Green Lantern. You know, there's so many different versions of that character. There's, you know, Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, uh, Jessica Cruz, Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner. There are so many different um characters to play with in in that world so I really really hope we get an update on Green Lantern from James Gunn and that'll I really hope that that is one of the earlier projects that we're going to get within the next couple of years for the new DCU now moving on to topic number two continuing to talk about DC not in the live action big screen space but in the live action TV space and we're going to be talking about Stephen Amell coming back as Arrow as Oliver Queen In the final season of the flash which is now filming so for the final season of the flash season nine uh steven amell is coming back Uh, uh david ramsey as john diggle or dave ramsey as john diggle is coming back and uh yeah this they released a new poster for the final season it's and you know it just has barry's yellow golden boots and it says the final run and yeah, man. The Flash, honestly, I watched, I, I love, love, love seasons one, two, and three of The Flash. Season four, I still enjoyed season four, but I still I thought it was a big step down from the first three seasons. And then I stopped watching the show in season five, and I, I didn't watch the rest of season five, didn't watch season six, season seven, season eight. I, I just really thought the show fell off. I feel like that's, you know, that's common knowledge. We all kind of agree that the show did fall, start to fall off towards the latter half. But now for this final season... You know, I am gonna watch it. We, this is, this is, we're gonna ride for Grant. I have to, I have to watch it, and it's freaking. I got goosebumps when you said that because I
1: literally did the same exact thing. I was real hot on the show, and then like, I don't know. I guess it was season four, where our season three, where it was like, what the, f- what's happening? And it's kind of like what 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 happened with Grey's Anatomy, where we're like this, this, let's just not stop it. Let's just freaking keep going, and it was just like they were just like running out of. I felt like it was just I don't know I I told it definitely died out for me 100%, and um, it's his final season. I didn't didn't uh, Arrow die though the guy that played Arrow and he's coming back.
0: Yeah, he died on Crisis on Infinite Earths, but you know when it comes to Flash, like it, it could be a flashback, which that's what I'm hoping for. It could be Barry going back in time. You know when it comes to DC and Marvel, there are so many different ways to bring back characters. You know we're we're not we're not numb to something like that so i i do i do i do really like that stephen amele is coming back though because you know the Arrow, the Arrowverse started with barry and oliver you know what i'm saying like the other day i was re-watching you know a couple of episodes from the flash season one and seeing that you know that first pilot episode where barry runs back to um Oliver's city and he meets with him in person and then Oliver is just giving him this pep talk like you can inspire them in a way that I never could. Like I love their dynamics so much and this the Arrowverse started with both of them and it's come such a long way since then and now it's nice that the Arrowverse is going to be ending with them as well.
1: Yeah, bro. Uh I really think that Arrow was super super cool and I'm, I the reason why I asked because I haven't watched the show so I don't know how he died. I don't even know what happened. I just I just know that he did and now he's coming back. Um, but arrow was freaking, he might've been cooler than the Flash. and the flash is my favorite superhero. The flash is my favorite. He's like, if I can pick a superpower, like that would be my superpower, super speed. Like that's the coolest thing in the world. And I love the flash. I love him as a character. Um, but arrow in that show was really good. And I don't even know if you watched a couple episodes of just the arrow series because it started before the flash, but arrow is freaking good. He's really good. I'm excited to see him in the, the final season. I feel like he's going to have a crazy arc.
0: Yeah, no, I watched Arrow w- seasons one through three. And then after that, I kind of just like, yeah, I just c- kind of committed. Same to the, thing. So, Same thing. I, committed, I, I just committed to the flash. I'm really bad with TV. I really am. I'm really bad with watching shows, especially shows um, that are long. Like it's just TV is just a massive commitment for me. So um, when I do commit to the show, that means like I truly, truly love the show. Yeah. Um, and there are very few shows that i truly truly commit to so yeah so so steven wells coming back let us know what you guys think about that are you guys hyped for the flash season 9 despite you know the past couple of seasons having been so hot um the final run we got to ride for our boy grant one final time you know the show premiered back in 2014 and we've come we've we've grown up with this show man it's it, it, it's it's all it's always going to hold a special place in all of our hearts to a certain capacity i got to i got to see how it ends you know what i mean like i was like that with harry
1: potter too like When Harry Potter was coming out as a kid, I had no idea what was going on at all. Uh, But I remember loving the first one as a kid. So I I watched like the first and second one. And then I seen Harry Potter was ending. I was like, freaking Harry Potter. I got to see how it ends. Mm -hmm. I just remember saying, oh, my God, this freaking show is amazing. Because imagine just going from the first Harry Potter all the way to Deathly Hollows part one and two. It freaking blows your mind. Like, what did I just what, what happened to Harry? The guy's in his 20s and everything's depressing and dark now and shit's going down shit hits the fan it ain't magical anymore i'm I'm really hoping to get that kind of same effect you know what i mean like that closure and who knows maybe it'll get me hyped to rewatch the show again i don't know i guess we'll see how it goes
0: now moving on to our next topic we're gonna be switching it up from talking about superheroes and we, we're gonna be talking about gladiator 2 so mm-hmm. gladiator is a movie that came out in 2000 starring russell crow directed by ridley scott and it's 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 such a badass movie about a freaking war general That um, goes on this quest for revenge against this emperor's son who ends up taking over because he kills his dad, the emperor. And the emperor's son, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix, and he's the villain of this movie, and he is fantastic. So you have Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix facing off against each other. And then um, Joaquin Phoenix's character, he orders the murder of Russell Crowe's family, and he kills kills Russell Crowe's wife and he kills his son. And then Russell Crowe basically goes on this crazy adventure, crazy journey to get his revenge. And you know, there, there's so many different quotes from this movie that have, I guess, stayed consistent within our culture and memes and just the way we talk. There's so, this movie- Bro, Hans I Zimmer made movie.
1: the music on that too. Did you know that? Hans I mean, that Zimmer, a- the, Hans Zimmer compu- composed the music on that movie too. That movie is freaking amazing and it's been way too long since I have seen it and I'm happy this came in the news now i have something to watch tonight i am definitely re-watching that movie because it's one of the best
0: look and if you guys want to watch gladiator check it out on netflix it's available on netflix right now so you guys can watch it um so uh, gladiator 2 is actually happening they're making a gladiator 2. is gladiator 2 necessary not really but we can always make the argument that no movie is ever really necessary because every single movie it's it should be its own story from beginning to end and it shouldn't really need a sequel but we're getting gladiator 2 nonetheless. And uh, Ridley Scott is returning to direct, which gives me a lot of hope and excitement. And that's where my hype for this movie stands from, um, stems from. It's the fact that Ridley Scott is returning and is developing this sequel for Gladiator 2. Well, today, Deadline, I believe, Deadline or Variety, one of the two, they just dropped a new article confirming that Paul Mescal is going to play the lead for uh, Gladiator 2. And this is pretty interesting because Paul Mescal just came out in his breakout role in a film called After Sun. And if you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I checked that out quite uh, last weekend. I checked that out last weekend and it was literally the first movie I watched in 2023. So, and it was fire. So, Paul Mescal's and After Sun in general are going to be talked about a lot come award season. Um, so, Paul Mescal, he's on the come up and now he's. You know, he made his debut with and and he made his breakout role in Aftersun, but he's really about to blow up with Gladiator 2. So he beat out some pretty big names to get this lead role. He beat out Timothy Chalamet, Austin Butler, um, Miles Teller, Richard Madden, just to name a few. Those are some pretty big names in the industry. So it seems like a lot of people were coming after this role, but ultimately it went to Paul Mescal, who I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of within the next coming years. I kind of think they want to go
1: for 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 not a big name for this lead role because if they're doing a part two to a movie that like you said didn't really necessarily need to happen they're they're gonna really focus hard on the story on this one so i'm really excited to see like a big movie with a big name like gladiator attached to it um with with a new face you know what i mean like a newer guy i think that's gonna be dope
0: yeah and the fact that Again, like you said, like this is this is a move. The original Gladiator didn't need a sequel ever. It was such a beautiful story from beginning to end, and it had the perfect ending. No one was asking for a Gladiator sequel ever. Yeah, no. But at the same time, (laughs) no one was ever asking for a Top Gun sequel, and then we got Top Gun Maverick, and it was it was even better than the original. So,
1: Top Gun Maverick was my favorite movie last year.
0: Ridley Scott is one of the best directors, and the fact that he's coming to do this. It's no joke, you know. There, there's reason to be excited for this, and Paul Mescal is actually going to play. He's going to be playing Lucius, who is the the you know the son in the first movie, the son of Lucilla, um, and yeah, he's going to be playing a grown up version of Lucius. And uh, you know, according to this uh, article by Deadline, it said, it says uh, Maximus saved the boy and his mother while avenging his own family, and left a strong impression on the lung use on the young Lucius. So it's going to be interesting to see where Lucius is now that he's an adult, how, you know, someone like Maximus influenced him at at such a young age and to see where he grows up and who he grows up to be. Um, And uh, honestly, Gio, one of my most one of the things I'm most excited for is to finally hear that Hans Zimmer score in a theater because I grew up loving that score. Um, you know, I I I was born in 2001, so I'd never watched Gladiator in theaters. But right. that that score, the the uh, it's called Honor Him. That Honor Him score, it is genuinely one of the best scores I've ever heard in my life. If you haven't heard it, it's on Spotify. Go check it out. It's called Honor Him by Hans Zimmer. I am going to be crying tears of joy when I hear that theme in the theater. It is so good. I'm such a massive Hans Zimmer fan. Like, who does not love? Who doesn't love Hans Zimmer? Do you know that Hans Zimmer has a TikTok now? I
1: guess now he decided to make a TikTok. And on his TikTok, uh, he answered, what is his most favorite composition that he's ever made? His favorite soundtrack that he's ever done for a movie. And he said, Interstellar is his number one. And I couldn't agree anymore. Like, I I can't believe me and him have
0: this, the same favorite you know what i mean like I, I when he said that i got goosebumps i agree i agree and that interstellar score cor- cornfield chase that is my favorite movie score of all Bro, time. it became a TikTok
1: meme bro it became it's a meme it's a masterpiece it's everything
0: like it's that's one of the best scores of all time look if you're right now listening to this podcast and you need a song that is going to make you question your entire existence go listen to cornfield chase by hans Zimmer. And then listen to "Honor Him" by Hans Zimmer, and oh my gosh, those two back to back, you were going to feel like the greatest version of yourself. You are You're going gonna to be I, floating out of your own body. Here. Your spirit is literally just going to be levitating out of your own body, bro. But If you go
1: back to back like that,
0: what you trying yeah. to you trying to you trying to, try to visit the spirit realm? I do it every day. I do it every day. It's it's a ritual at this point. Now moving on to our next topic. With this being our first episode in 2023. We're going to be talking about our most anticipated films of 2023. Now, there is so much coming out on our show notes. We have so many movies coming out. I got to give a special shout out to At Midnight, hitting Paramount Plus on February 10th. <laughs> Keep your boy, make his film debut with a little light cameo. Um, Yeah, so At Midnight on Paramount Plus, February 10th. Now, when it comes to my most anticipated films of 2023, as just a fan this is i'm gonna give you guys my top five right now this is my ranking and then we'll talk about some other movies coming out this year as well we'll talk about geo's top five as well so this is my top five at number five we have creed three then we have transformers rise of the beasts then at number three we have guardians of the galaxy volume three at number two we have spider-man across the spider-verse and at number one we have blue beetle so 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 excited for so many movies coming out this year but these five You know, these are five movies that I think about on a daily basis. Gio, what are some movies that you cannot stop thinking about that you are just ready to go buy tickets to go watch?
1: My top five is definitely going to have to be that one that uh, Martin Scorsese is making. The new one with Leo. Do you know the name of it? Mm -hmm.
0: Killers of the Flower Moon.
1: Killers of the Flower Moon. That movie is... There's no way that that movie is going to be bad. Like, it's impossible. Like, I... I've been checking the IMDb page of that shit. Like I just go on Martin Scorsese's IMDb page and Leonardo and I just see what movies are coming up. And I've been, I have seen that movie like in production for like five to six years now.
0: Yeah. I mean, when Leo, Leo and Scorsese are one of the greatest actor director duels ever. And when they team up, it's like, the it's a must watch. You, you know, we, it's like freaking watching Le, like LeBron James or Michael Jordan play a basketball game. You know, it's like, you got to sit there and you just got to appreciate and watch greatness. You know, it's, it's like freaking watching Messi play in the World Cup. It's like, we're just sitting here watching Messi and Mbappe go back and forth. And you're just going to sit back and appreciate greatness. Same thing for Leo and Scorsese with Killers of the Flower Moon. On top of the fact that this is one of Scorsese's highest... Budget movies ever. This is a two hundred million dollar budget on this film, and in a day and age where movies like Babylon flopped at the box office, Amsterdam flopped at the box office, killers of the Flower Moon, it, I feel like this this movie definitely has the the shot to shock a lot of different people. Not just because of the fact that it's leon Scorsese, but because of the fact that it's a two hundred million dollar movie, and it's not some big franchise. You know, it's a prestige director with the prestige lead actor. And we're going to see them go to, go to go to work and they're going to do their thing. And so, Gio, what are some other movies that stand out to you that you're excited about? Right after that masterpiece of a film
1: that it's going to be is Super Mario Brothers. Pretty weird one and two. I was excited for the movie when they announced it because I was like, it's about time Mario got a freaking movie. I mean, Sonic got one. I mean, Wreck-It Ralph. You know what I mean? There's all these movies about video games that are coming out that are fire. And why hasn't Mario, like the most popular video game character of all time haven't gotten a solid movie besides that one of the 80s that was asperger after after seeing that trailer drop bro that literally looks like one of the most beautiful animations i've ever seen in my life Like that's gonna be insane i never seen somebody take the source material and and bring it to life as accurately as those trailers i didn't even see the movie and that, that i'm so excited for Super Mario brothers i think that's gonna be it might be my number one I don't know. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, nah. Super Mario Bros. definitely looks phenomenal. The animation style looks beautiful. You have an all-star cast with from Chris Pratt to um, Jack Black, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day. Um, yeah, there's so many people that are a part of that cast, and, and the film looks phenomenal. So definitely Super Mario Bros. Super hyped about that. Um, I got to ask you something, though. Hit me. Get a little controversial with you. How do
1: you feel about Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario?
0: Oh, it just sounds like Chris Pratt, man. I, I wish we got someone that sounded a bit more like Mario, but hey, Chris Pratt brings a lot of star power to the film. So I understand why they you right. know went in the direction that they went into. But when it comes to animation roles um, and voice acting roles, I feel like, you know, there's people that there's people that are experts in voice acting that, you know, Bro, they're
1: not- they got a they got some kind of like in different countries, they have to get different voice actors. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen this clip. There's a clip which we will play for you guys of the French voice actor and the real Chris Pratt voice.
0: Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Royaume Champignon, nous voilà! Woohoo!
1: Woohoo! These guys in France and and like and, and the Spanish voice actors, they they sound like Mario, bro. <laughs> they sound just like him. Um, and I guess, you know, they have seen the success of the Lego movie, which I just watched recently, freaking hilarious. I watched both of them. And I guess I understand why, you know, if they're going to make a Mario movie, let's, let's go for it. Let's get the most popular actor that we can get. So honestly ask me, Chris Pratt, I-, I love him. I love him so much. He's one of my favorite actors in Hollywood today. I just, I definitely think they could have got someone better, but everyone else, literally everyone else is perfect. Like Charlie Day as Luigi. Oh my God. How do you think of that? Jack Black as Bowser. Oh my goodness. Perfect. There's so many voice acting uh, positions I got filled that, that nailed it. Uh, I just think Chris Pratt, you know, I love him though. And I- I'm still excited to see the movie regardless.
0: Yeah. No, nah, super hyped for Super Mario Bros. Another one that I'm super excited for. Just to name a few, Bo's Afraid. That is the next installment in the Ari um horror franchise. So, if you're a fan of Hereditary, if you're a fan of Midsummer, Bo's Afraid is the next installment in this franchise. We should be getting a trailer pretty soon. Um, when it comes to horror, dude, the, the the horror the movies that scare me the most are like usually tend to be like cult movies. Because cult, cults are, like, actually real. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are cults in parts of the world where they do some crazy shit. So, um, when it comes to a movie like Hereditary, that movie haunted the hell out of me. *Midsummer* haunted the hell out of me. And now Ari Oster is teaming up with Joaquin Phoenix. Who, Joaquin Phoenix, bro, he's already a creepy dude. We also already saw him do his thing in Joker. He won Best Actor for his, his performance in Joker. Now he's coming to do another horror movie, and it's with Ari Oster. This is going to be horrifying. So I'm super excited for Bo's Afraid. Joker Phoenix is really good at tapping into that scary, freaked out, psycho side. Um,
1: I've seen it before The Joker too, bro. Where he freaking became a rapper and he was going on these talk shows and he was just spazzing out in the talk shows and he was just acting crazy. I have this theory. I made a video about it a long time ago. I have this theory that the really, really, really good actors, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matthew McConaughey, Willem Dafoe. I feel like these guys, Matt... Let me know what you think about this. I feel like they're not acting. I don't feel like they're acting. I feel like they're becoming those people. Like I feel like not not even just method acting. I feel like when they when the cam when the director says action, they they personality shift. Like I feel like they have a positive version of personality disorder if that makes any sense
0: i think the the creepier alternative is if you know they can actually just switch switch on and off like dude there were some behind the scenes videos of joaquin phoenix on the set of the joker and todd phillips you know when it came to the uh, joker's press run a ton of people were asking todd phillips who directed the movie like yo what what did joaquin phoenix do to prepare for this role you know was he weird on set stuff like that because we just came off of jared leto and which you know, there was a ton of stories about Jared Leto and what he did to, per- to prepare for the role of the Joker. Um, Heath Ledger, he locked himself in a hotel closet for a couple days with just a journal, um, writing down his thoughts to really sink himself into the role. With Joaquin Phoenix, he just sw- switched on and off. When when they called cut, he was just Joaquin Phoenix, and then when the camera when they yelled action, he was the Joker. He was Arthur Fleck. So. I think that's just a testament to how great of an actor Joaquin Phoenix really is. Same thing with Leo and, and Matthew McConaughey, the best of the William Dafoe. These are the best of the best we're talking about. Another, yeah, you know, when ta- in, in speaking of the best of the best, we have to talk about Oppenheimer, man. Oppenheimer is Christopher Nolan, one of the greatest directors of all time. He's back Um, In his first deal with uh, in his first movie with Universal and Oppenheimer has one of the most stacked casts of the year. You got um, uh, Cillian Murphy, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., um, Josh Peck, Florence Pugh. The list goes on and on. I'm, I'm literally I'm serious. The list truly does go on and on. I'm just naming names off the top of my head. And then on the other side of things, we have Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. That's a movie that's stacked with talent. You got Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Adrian Brody, like they're uh, Jeffrey Wright. There are so many different people that are on that cast. Go search up the casts for Asteroid City and Oppenheimer because these are two stacked movies. June is another stacked month, man. June, we got uh, Spider-Verse at the beginning of the month, Transformers, The Flash, Indiana Jones 5. The Little Mermaid uh, is right around the corner as well. What a year for like all different types of genres.
1: I'll tell you what, it's one of those years that sounds like too good to be true. There's so many big names that a majority of these, they can't all be good. They can't all be tens. You know what I'm saying? I could be wrong, though. They could all be tens. I think one of the greatest years for film at all time and TV show was 2016. It could be another 2016. It sounds like it might be because there's too many bangers coming out. There's like, like, like Wes Anderson... Martin Scorsese
0: and Christopher Nolan in the same year, bro. And uh, Denis Villeneuve with Dune 2. Dune 2 is going to be huge. That movie's going to be massive. You also have Zack Snyder with Rebel Moon. Super excited about Rebel Moon. Not enough people are talking about that. Um, we know that's coming at some point this year. Rebel Moon is uh, essentially, Z- uh, Z- <laughs> think, Zack Snyder's Star Wars. Um, this is an original universe, original franchise by Zack Snyder. And we are getting part one because they are making a part two. It's going to be shot as a two part movie. Um, and we're getting Rebel Moon this year. So, between Rebel Moon, Dune 2, Oppenheimer, Asteroid City, Killers of the Flower Moon, we have some of the greatest directors of all time feeding us this year, which is pretty damn exciting.
1: Are all these coming straight to the theater or are some going to hit Netflix? Because I just like seeing my shit in the theaters, bro. I, I, I like seeing it at home too. Getting in the snuggie, getting a little weird. I think I think we learned in the pandemic that that it is possible to live without a theater, but it's not a life we want to live. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, and talking about the superhero side of things, we have Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, The Marvels, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, Craven uh, across the Spider Verse. Like it's such a it's gonna be such a massive year for superhero fans as well. Like we are being fed so much content. That's not even counting all of the Disney Plus shows that Marvel has on the way because Marvel is coming heavy with a ton of Disney Plus content this year. So as superhero fans, Marvel and DC are both firing off. Another thing that's coming this year is Invincible season two. So that is pretty damn exciting as well. I just hope I just hope that Marvel could really
1: turn it around with the Disney Plus stuff this year. Like I really hope that the Disney Plus. Like, I hope that that formula that they said that they were going to pick up on or change up a little bit starts to show this year around. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, on the Disney Plus side of things, we have Secret Invasion, then we have Echo, then we have Loki Season 2 and uh, Iron Hearts. And then we might be getting Agatha House of Harkness in December Um, on their slate that they announced at Comic-Con. It said early, late 2023, early 2024. So we might be getting Agatha House of Harkness or Agatha Covenant of Chaos towards the end of the year but yeah marvel's coming heavy with a lot of disney plus content um definitely hope we see a a step up in terms of the quality writing production all of it but when it comes to the movies i'm super excited for an man the wasp quantum mania that is right around the corner we are getting a new trailer on monday monday uh january 9th um the trailer's gonna be dropping um with monday night football so expect that to be 7 30 p.m eastern time which is 4 30 p.m on the west coast pacific time so, bro, Ant-Man and the Wasp of Quantumania. It's Kang's homecoming party, bro. Just show us more of Kang, bro. Show us
1: Kang. Like, I'm hoping in this trailer we get at least, like, 45 seconds of Kang. You know what I'm saying? I really want to see this guy talk. Uh, he, he blew me away in the first season of Loki, man. And I just... It just kind of weirded me. Like, I feel like I was... Like, when Loki season one ended, I was so excited to see how we were going to tie all this together. And we're already getting Loki season two. So, I hope That Loki season two maybe can kind of mend uh, what was going on uh, so far. You know what I mean? And tie it all more together. But regardless of the situation, Jonathan Majors, bro. Oh, my God. I just – bro, you remember that time where Loki came out, dude? And it was just like everyone didn't know what was going to happen. Like who who were they going to reveal? Like the tweeting and and waiting week to week. So I'm really freaking pumped. I know Loki season two – has possibly to be the best thing they released this year if it comes out but echo echo sounds good too
0: kang gang we're back kang gang we're back only the ogs know what kang gang is um shout out jonathan majors honestly at this point i wouldn't be you know if this next trailer that drops if it's just jonathan majors narrating and it just follows him the whole time i know that this is supposed to be the you know the final movie in the ant-man trilogy this is supposed to be you know scott lang movie at this point you know i wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad if they just said fuck that and then boom jonathan Majors is the main character of this movie and it's a kang solo <laughs> movie instead
1: um, it just takes over the whole film
0: yeah at this point look i'm rooting for kang in this movie i've said that multiple times um i want kang to uh i, I think this is the per- also the perfect spot for you know paul rudd to say goodbye to ant-man this is the perfect time for for ant-man to um kind of just end his story uh when we look at the mcu i think You know, now that we've been through so many different projects in phase four, I think it it was such a great spot for Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans to say goodbye in Endgame um, that now, you know, looking back, I I think, you know, there there has to come an end for certain characters. You know, with Guardians 3, one of the reasons I'm so after Guardians 3 is that there's a certain sense of finality to it. You know, we're not going to see the Guardians after Guardians 3. That's why I'm so excited for it because this is the... You know, this is the ending of their story. This is the conclusion. You know, it's not like we're going to watch Guardians 3 and then look forward to something else. Of course, they're probably going to set up something with Adam Warlock, um, other stuff as well. But the family that we've grown to love over the course of the past 10 years, that we're, we're saying bye to them. And I think, you know, when it comes to Ammon and the Wasp of Quantumania, with this being Kang's homecoming party, I think there would be no better way to set the tone than to have him kill Scott Lang and to have it be kind of like a passing of the torch with Scott passing off, you know, I guess, him being a for hero Cassie. to Cassie. Right. Because she's going to be a hero in this movie. And this movie is kind of a, it feels like it's going to be a coming of age story for Cassie a, as important as it also will be for Scott.
1: Could be setting up the young Avengers, the new Avengers. That's probably what they're going to be doing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a bad guy. I feel like a villain because I want to see Scott Lane die, but I, I, I love him though. I don't want him to die. Like I'm conflicted. Am I, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I want to see. I just look, know, in terms of story, it would help so much, Matt. you know what I mean? Scott Lang losing his life would give the Avengers something to avenge. you know what I mean? Yeah, and we need we need to we need to see how strong this guy is. We need to we need to see this guy be a daddy and just start boss assing people.
0: look, and let's say Scott Lang survives this movie, right? If he survives this movie, after experiencing Kang, he's gonna go warn everyone else and try to assemble people. After experiencing a threat like Kang, who's on the way, who's coming, um, Scott already played that role in Endgame. You know what I'm saying? Scott, uh, in in Endgame, Scott came back out of the Quantum Realm and said, he, he rallied the troops. He said, hey, guys, look, I have this that could change everything. And Scott was kind of the plot device that really brought everything together in Endgame. So for him to kind of play that role again with like the the next build up to the next infinity war and endgame within um with the Kang dynasty and with secret wars i think it would be a little repetitive i think the character that it's going that's going to play that role instead is going to be loki loki season loki season 1 and loki season 2 i think we're going to see loki play that that character that ant-man kind of played where he brought everything together he brought everyone together and he gave everyone hope and and kind of warned them uh, uh, like, yo, this is how we. This the is whistleblower Loki's yeah. gonna be the, the whistleblower this yeah this this time around. I agree.
1: Scotland as a character, like being snapped and then coming back to his daughter that's bigger now. Like, I have two girls, so imagining that happening to me is my. I think that's my number one biggest fear, like missing out on that much of your kids' life. So that that arc is crazy. I I can't wait to see what they do with that, and. I don't know. I mean, the guy's life is already supposed to not be existing. You know what I mean? The guy was supposed to be stuck in the quantum well, uh, the the quantum realm this whole time. And he got saved by a rat. I don't know. I don't think I'm emotionally prepared for it. Like, I I know it'll make sense story wise. and It's easy to say it, but I don't know if I can handle seeing it.
0: See, I think that's the thing is that I am emotionally prepared for it. That's why I want to be emotionally tested you know i want to go into i want to i want to watch a marvel movie that destroys my soul that just takes my emotions puts them on the floor and just demolishes them i think guardians three is going to be that that's why i'm super hyped for guardians three like yeah guardians I, I, three I, is definitely going to be that bro for sure but, guardians three is going to be a going to be a tearjerker like dude i think you know the, the past couple of marvel movies that we've gotten have been awesome um, Wak- the reason I loved Wakanda Forever so much is because Wakanda Forever leaned into the emotion, but even then, one of my criticisms about the movie is that it didn't lean into the emotion as much as it could have. You know, it, it kind of pulled back during certain moments because the movie had to keep going. You know, a uh, uh, a large part due to the pacing and things were just moving so fast um, during certain parts of the film. But now, as we look forward to Marvel Phase Five, as we look forward to Quantumania, Guardians Three, the Marvels, um, I I I, I want. I want these movies to move me emotionally. I want to be crushed. I don't know. But, you know, I don't know. I want all of it. Everything, 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 everywhere, all at once spoiled me, bro. It really did. It spoiled
1: me. It sure did, bro. I feel like Guardians 3 is going to be the one that just totally wrecks everybody. Everybody's going to be saying, bring them back. You know, I can already see everybody on social media going ham about everybody.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I think that's, and that's what it is. Because like my favorite movies are the movies that make me feel because it like, when when movies make you feel, it's like they become they they get ingrained in like your nervous system. They get ingrained in your body, and your physiology. So I'm looking for. I want these movies to make me feel, man. So yeah, I'm super excited for everything that Marvel has on the way. Everything DC has on the way. Obviously, Blue Beetle, man, my most anticipated movie of the year by far. Uh, with DC bringing a character like Jaime Reyes to the big screen, this is you know we we have a full all Latino cast. Um, as like the leads of this film, which you know is something you don't particularly see ever. Um, and it was super cool because you met that guy in the vlog we did. Yeah. You met him in person. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Jolo? How
1: do you say his name again?
0: Uh, Jolo Mariduena. I've met uh, Jolo. You know, I'm, I'm. i I know the director of the movie, and we're gonna be planning a ton of awesome things for Blue Beetle to celebrate that film. And trust, when that movie comes out, the world, the world is gonna know the name Jaime Reyes, and we're gonna make sure of that. So I'm super excited for Blue Beetle. I think in a day and age where you look at the superhero landscape, I feel like every single superhero movie is trying to outdo themselves. You know, with you know, before it was the world is at stake, then it's the universe is at stake. Now it's the multiverse is at stake, and this goes for both Marvel and DC. Because with a movie like The Flash, with that that's a movie where you know the multiple timelines, the multiverse, all of that is at stake. I feel like Blue Beetle is going to be such a breath of fresh air having it just be a, a kind of like a condensed small scale coming of age story about a kid trying to find his purpose in the world while also, you know, coming back home, you know, interacting with his family and and having the family element be such a huge part of it because, you know, in, in Latino families and Hispanic families, like family is everything. You know what I'm saying? And we've never seen that in a superhero movie. Which is why I'm I'm so excited to finally and the Steve words of Vin Diesel, trade. bro.
1: Family, baby. No, dog. I couldn't agree anymore. And uh, I'll tell you the truth. The movies are getting too big and they're getting too convoluted with their plots and where they're going and what's going on and who's in it and what connects. And we're losing the rope, man. Just make a good freaking movie with a good story. Like another example is 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 uh is like is like Kick Ass. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you ever seen Kick Ass. Kick Ass is such a it's such a simple story. What if superheroes were real? You know what I mean? Just simple things like that is what really pulls out bangers. Speaking of Aaron Taylor Johnson, I don't know if you know about this, Matt, but he's in talks to play James Bond. If not, he is James Bond. I don't know for sure, but that's what I heard. What are your thoughts on Aaron Taylor Johnson being James Bond?
0: Yeah, no. So, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson did have a meeting with the producers of James Bond. And apparently the meeting went very, very well. So, uh, I you know, I'm down to see Aaron Taylor Johnson as James Bond. I, I loved him so much in as his role as a tangerine. Was he lemon or tangerine in bullet train? I forgot which one. I think, he, one was, I think he was, was tangerine. tangerine. I think he was tangerine. He was so great in that. And yeah, I just want to see Aaron Taylor Johnson more things. So um honestly, I would be down to see him as James Bond. He definitely fits the criteria that they're looking looking for, having him be younger. Yeah. I, I'd love to, I just I'd love to see Aaron Taylor Johnson as James Bond. It's crazy what kind of arc he had too. Cause he was just like the guy from kick-ass,
1: you know what I mean? Just a little kid. He was a little teenager in kick-ass and now he's being freaking James Bond.
0: Like what a freaking arc that guy had in his career. So if it's true, I think he's going to be good. Yeah, no, that, that'd be a great casting. I'd love to see that happen as well. Um, But guys, with that being said, we have such an awesome year ahead of ourselves. So many awesome movies coming out in so many different genres from, you know, the, you got the rom-com genre, horror, uh, action adventure, um just all across the board animation all across the board we have so many awesome amazing movies coming out this year and i can't wait to experience all of these movies with you guys and talk about them more over here on the let's go show available on itunes spotify youtube and then you guys can follow us on our social medias on twitter instagram and tiktok and remember episodes drop every single Saturday so make sure to tune in next Saturday for our next episode on the let's go show thank you guys for watching I I love this podcast so much I love just being able to hop on here and um, you know just kind of freely talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment because this is something I do without recording now we're just pressing record on a camera and on a computer so shout out to Gio for joining thank you for joining me brother thank you brother thank you guys for tuning in much love have a great rest of your day let's go